Amen. It is good that we, uh, we gather and that we have this season of Advent so that we learn from uh, the four-year-olds of the world how to adore um, and to, to cherish the, uh, our Creator becoming part of the creation um, for, for our behalf. And important for us this season of, of Advent to be reminded of the, the visions of, of heaven, the, the visions that Isaiah gives us of, of what Jesus came uh, to accomplish. And, and around that, we've been you know, walking through this the last couple uh, weeks, I had a little conversation this week, an uh, imaginary conversation, with John Lennon. You know, it was the 30th year um, of his uh, uh, murder. And uh, those of you that don't know, he's a part of the Beatles. And uh, if you heard that story in any way, you probably, they probably played, if you saw it on the TV, you heard it on the radio, they probably played one of his most famous songs, you know, Imagine. And I just had a little discussion with Mr. Lennon because... I think that song really is just the opposite of what the visions of Christmas are to teach us as we pursue Christ. I mean, remember, here's the the first words. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. And, and I imagine that there are some good reasons for these kind of lyrics, a way to, to think of, of heaven if it's wrongly viewed, wrongly understood that heaven could be harmful, um, that, that visions of God's deliverance could cause damage instead of help in our earthly living. Maybe you've heard it said this way, you're, a, you're so heavenly-minded, you're of no earthly good. Well, I believe Advent and these visions of Christmas are just the opposite. I, I, I believe that a right understanding of heaven enables us to be of the highest earthly good. Because we know the end of the events, because, because we know the final score, because we know who won the game, we can be radically different people today in an extremely positive way on earth if we have that right understanding of heaven. But because we know, because we've seen, and then we, we embody, we live in the direction of what we know God's love and power and goodness will accomplish, then we can be totally different people. We can live according to the ways of heaven on earth because we have a sure and certain hope that the ways of heaven are victorious. The ways of peace are sure. The the ways of renewal are are guaranteed. And today, 
because of the sure and certain hope we have of the reality of God's heaven, we can be free, as we've just been singing. We can truly be free to live for Christ. And that's what our passage today speaks to us about. Isaiah gives us a vision that, that frees us to truly live for our Lord. So I invite you to turn there with me, follow along on the screen. It's found on page 555 in your pew Bible if you want to hang out there or follow along on what the passage on the screen. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we ask uh, this time that your word would speak to us, that your spirit would, would take it deep in our, our soul, that indeed we would, you would feed our, our hope in you. You would feed uh, our very imagination for, for living according to the ways of heaven. Feed us so that indeed we are free in you. Free to to follow you. We give ourselves to you and ask you to do your work in us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the the first thing we see in this vision is a vision of light that, that appears, that dispels the darkness. It's a light that comes that, that in, in which there is no darkness that is freed from its revealing power. In this light, there, there, there are no secrets. In this light, there's no, no stumbling. In this light, there's, there's no shame. 
There's no reason to run, no reason to hide, because it's the most foolish thing you can do in the light of God. In this light, this light that, that is Isaiah is saying is coming, that we know has come in Jesus, we are free to be totally honest. Totally honest with ourselves and with God. Yeah, just... Just a moment ago, when Cedric was leading us in a time of confession, I found myself simply stopping and asking God, okay, if i got to listen to my own sermon, show me. You know, show me where I've, I've bought in to the ways of the culture. I've married the ways of the world instead of your ways. You know, show me where I've given myself more to you or more to myself, which is usually where the problem is, than, than I have to you. And while the list was going, Cedric interrupted me. Thank goodness for that. But in this light, we can be free to be honest. I mean, there, God already knows. You know, it is the most foolish thing we can do. To try to hide from God. It is the most, it takes the most energy and it never accomplishes a thing. Because God's light doesn't know darkness. So no matter what we've done, who we are, what we've said, God has seen it and heard it. And I always loved to, when I would come upon people who were telling an inappropriate joke and they would stop when I would appear. And I'm like, you know, I'm just a human being. You know, I only hear what's in earshot. But it doesn't bother you to say that when God, who hears everything, you know hears you. To which they said, would you leave? <laughs> but this light that comes among us gives us the freedom to be honest. And that is a huge gift And it gives us the freedom to receive God's love knowing we don't deserve it. It is simply the gift of Christmas is given to us. It is ours. Even though we were yet sinners. So we can be open and honest with God in the light of His vision. And we are free to receive that gift. We are free to receive his love. Did you uh, read the story or hear the story of David Ingram this week? He, he uh, it was uh, in 88, 1988, that he was caught selling drugs and was convicted and was about to be sentenced. And then he escaped. He left the state, went down, made his way down into, uh, into Texas. And uh, stayed away and escaped, was on the lamb, so they say, for almost 23 years. During that period of time, I mean, he had a hundred different jobs because he couldn't take a real job. He could only take work that would pay him under the table. Because he couldn't sign a W-9 form. He couldn't let the government know where he was. Otherwise, he'd enter into the system and they'd come get him. He couldn't own a car. Couldn't have a driver's license. He, he, could, he couldn't have a bank account. 
couldn't have a telephone until the most recent time of the advent of pay before, uh, the prepaid cell phones. Had to pay every bill with cash. And so he did that for t- almost 23 years until last month. And he was caught, brought back into Ohio and brought before the judge. And his statements to the judge were, was, was one along the lines of thank you for this relief. Thank you that I no longer have to run and hide. Thank you that I've been caught. I, because I was living in a prison without bars. So here was this man standing before the judge in a jail suit and his hands handcuffed saying, thank you for now I'm free because I no longer have to run and hide and stoop down in the shadows. I can be free. He didn't even know, he didn't realize the burden that he was carrying until it was removed didn't know the energy that he was spending. He was just focused on escape for those 23 years until the light finally was shining on him and he realized his freedom. I wonder if there are some of you here that have some secrets things that that bring you embarrassment and, and shame that you've even been hiding from God or attempting to hide from God. I want to invite you in the stillness of your own heart to come clean, to be honest To know that in God's light, you're not telling him something that he hasn't already seen. And he desires for his light to shine into the secrets, into the the shame, into the darkness. To reveal it all unto him. So that you might be able to receive. To receive that unconditional love. It is part of the gift of Christmas. Part of the the vision of freedom. The freedom we have to be honest. As we are in his light. The second thing that Isaiah reveals in this freedom of this vision is the freedom to face the the oppression and pain and burdens that are real and true in this life. For this one's going to come, he's going to bring light into the midst of darkness, and and he's going to remove the yoke of the burden, the bar across our shoulders. The oppression and the violence that we face in our everyday lives that leads us to, to fear or to just overwhelming pain and struggle. 
This is a freedom to face that pain, to to face that burden, whether it's in our lives or the lives of those around us, in, in our community, in our neighborhoods, cities, in our homes. This gives us the freedom to face that oppression, to face the violence, to face the pain and the struggle, knowing that a day will come when that oppression will be lifted. Knowing that a day will come when when war and violence will be no more. And so we're able to enter into it. Just the very opposite of what Mr. Lennon was imagining. It is the very vision of heaven that allows us to enter into the depth of the pain of our world. It's why we as a church, we we seek to enter into the the pain and struggles of one another and to those in our community and city and around the world. uh, We we, we know the the pains and struggles of children and and families and and we know the pains and struggles of our community. So we we are involved in Treehouse and WizKids. We we partner with local schools in order to, to help that process, to come alongside families that are around us. You know, a third of the children in our city live below the poverty line. That That is a burden to care to, to bear for a child. And so we, we come alongside them in that way. We, we, while we come alongside families who are homeless through the Interfaith Hospitality Network, we don't run. We're not scared of that. That doesn't what mo- We enter into it because of this vision of freedom. That we enter into the pain and struggles of our world. This, this vision isn't something that denies that pain that denies that the the evil and darkness are real that are around us. I mean, in just the last several weeks, I know of families connected with this congregation who've been evicted from their home, lost a child to murder, and lost a child to suicide. The, The evil, the oppression, the darkness is real, and the pain is real, but we don't run or cower or try to... Cover over it, we enter into it because we are freed by the vision of this mighty God who one day will remove it from our experience. But today we live according to that hope. I think what Mr. Lennon was getting at was the problem of us living in heaven when we still live on earth. Forgetting the the reason for hope. When we get to heaven, when we see Jesus face to face, we won't need hope anymore. I mean, it'll be right in front of us. We won't have to have hope. The hope will be fulfilled and we'll be on our knees before him. But until that day, it is this sure and certain hope that fuels our imagination, that feeds our very lives so that we can enter into the pain of our world with the hope of the living Christ. We know the pain is real, but we know Jesus is more real. And that's why we gather to be reminded of that hope and to enter in. And we're even freed to enter into that hope even if we don't see the impact or the effect that it has. You know, Isaiah was sharing these stories, these visions with the people of Israel a hundred years before they were going to be relieved from the oppression of Assyria and Babylon. It wasn't for the people that were hearing his word that they were going to experience that relief in that moment. It was for the generations after them. And he was saying this about Jesus a full 500 years before Jesus was going to be born. 
So this, this sure and certain hope is so real. This vision is so true that we are free to live for it even if we don't see the, the impact directly in our lives. And when we do, we give praise to God for the gift that that is. Now, I, I, I think that this vision of freedom freedom of honesty before God and with ourselves, this, this freedom to, to enter into the pain and oppression of our, our world and this, this freedom to do it whether we see the impact or not is a freedom that only comes to us who are so heavenly minded that we must be of earthly good. May this Advent season be one where we We truly are empowered to live according to the freedom of this vision. Amen.